wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. And what an incredible privilege that has been uh, all this year. We come today to our very last uh, program uh, for 2021. Can you believe we're there already? Uh, the countdown is certainly on to the new year. And uh, this week we're chatting on the subject, uh, New Year's resolutions. Are they more than just an impossible dream? On Monday, Nick and Will spoke about the issue of change itself. Is it possible to change? Yesterday, myself and, and Eric Hoare uh, looked at the physical resolutions that so many are actually going to be making in the next uh, day or two. And, uh, uh, of course, today, uh, myself and, and Pastor David Butcher uh, are going to be uh, sharing on the subject, can I start the new year with a new mindset? Is that at all possible? And, of course, our co-host today is, indeed, Pastor David Butcher. Uh, David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Welcome back to you, David. Hi, Gary. Um, how are you? I hope you had a really good Christmas. Uh, it was uh, exhausting, I suppose, is the uh, is the word for it. You know, you've got all the uh, all the families around. Fantastic uh, to have all the family around. Uh, we spent our first Christmas with our first grandchild uh, this uh, this year. That would have been wonderful. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a brand new experience for me. I'm still trying to uh, catch up with uh, what does uh, a granddaddy actually uh, do uh, during during Christmas, particularly when they're just a baby. I know that, you know, you can sort of go and play, you know, uh, cricket when they get a little bit older out in the backyard and that's all, all very nice. But, you know, as a, as a baby, it's sort of, uh, I'm, um, uh, small babies are a little bit intimidating to me. I'm sure, well, I'm sure this small baby, Gary, you're a big, tall man. I'm sure you'll be very intimidating to the baby. But Gary, Christmas evokes quite a bit of tension and stress for many people, doesn't it? Um, you know, the auntie and the uncle that uh, they may see once a year or whoever it may be or a sibling, it can be such a stressful time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I know of a number of number of people. Thankfully, thankfully, our family do actually get on uh, really, really well. And it's a really privilege, a great privilege to be able to uh, share Christmas uh, with them. But I do know of uh, some who, you know, sort of uh, do, do struggle just a little bit. At, they they uh, dread it. Uh, they dread it. That's probably a better word, uh, and uh, they're actually pleased when we're on this end of uh, of the Christmas uh, spirit. But uh, tell us, David, we've got New Year's Eve, just a, a couple of sleeps away. Um, are you sitting up till midnight? Are you one of those people that sings Old Ang Zion at midnight? No, I don't sing um, at midnight. Uh, look, I probably spend too many nights awake at midnight doing emails, which is not good. Um, usually when it comes to New Year's Eve... Watching fireworks on television just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess with our young children, we haven't been out that late with them on New Year's Eve, nor do I seek to be. But I do remember, so no, often I'll sleep through it for once, but um, 
Yeah, I do remember um, we're at my 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 mum's house. My sister was living there, and she was a nurse. She was off nursing uh, on New Year's Eve, and um, she had a labradoodle. And this labradoodle, um, her, her name was Shiloh, biblical name for this dog. Beautiful dog, well trained. We'd go yeah, to nursing homes. Peace. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it had anxieties. This labradoodle, <laughs> and, and like many dogs, when fireworks and everything go off, you know they howl, they look to escape. And anyway, so um, we had these special tablets. My sister had got from the vet to give Shiloh to to calm her down and so when the fireworks were going off and you could hear them in the street around my, my mum's home and whatever, here's my wife Megan she likes to get to bed early, she's laying in bed and all of a sudden Shiloh's uh, back end if you like is sitting on top of Megan's <laughs> face <laughs> she, she got as close as she could and you know it's because she was scared and so I got this photograph of uh, my sister's dog sitting on top of my wife's face um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure your wife is going to really appreciate you sharing that particular story. Yeah, well, we won't tell her to listen. <laughs> we to won't. Do you make sure she doesn't? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, David. Uh, really, I, I know that time of the year is uh, is certainly a time of the year that I uh, more certainly in more recent years I, I tend to pack up and uh, go go to bed at a half reasonable hour. And normally the do- uh, the dogs will actually wake me up when they're running around in uh, in circles. Um, but yeah, no. Look, uh, uh, it's. Uh, it's always a lovely, a lovely evening. Um, do you have any New Year's resolutions that you're going to commit to this year? Yeah, I don't specifically make them because uh, if you make them and you break them, then you're just causing stress for yourself, right? That's true. But um, look, a number of things, Gary. Yeah, I'd like to get to bed a lot earlier because I, I, I go to bed late and I wake up early, and, and that's neither – well, it's good to wake up early, not good to go to bed so late. The other thing is more exercise, you know, just to get that routine happening. I did have it happening, and it's sort of on pause the last probably two months, so – yeah, they're things I want to do, but I'm not someone that specifically makes New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah, no, look, I, I hear what you're actually saying there. You know, uh, to me, I uh, the thing I really appreciate is uh, I actually made a resolution a number of years ago, and it's, I make the same resolution every year because I do want to actually follow uh, this, and that's for my health, and that's to actually exercise regularly. And uh, I just I just pulled out my uh, – uh, I have a thing called Sports Tracker on my mobile phone, and so I track myself every uh, every day. And you know, it's just coming up to the end of the uh, end of the year. And uh, since January one, I mean, to me, I started this resolution, and I'm really pleased about this. So I'm going to share, share share this with as many people as I possibly can. Do you know, I uh, I've walked uh, almost uh, 235 times. That's seven and a half kilometres, uh, and covered. Uh, wait for this, David. This is really worth it. Um, almost well over 1,700 kilometres uh, in the last 12 months since January one. And to me, well, j- j- just looking at my uh, my, my little track and my app it's something that you know is is deeply rewarding when you're actually able and it's only been in very recent years that I've I've certainly been able to I've my my health has required that I do actually uh, take you know my health far more seriously and, and, and Gary this for our listeners too I mean this is not live television they're 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 watching. I mean, for a man in his mid-80s to be able to walk what you've walked <laughs> is absolutely phenomenal. Not quite that many, David. Not quite that many. Uh, dear me, take 20 years off that, please, straight away. Uh, what a way to go. Yeah, no, that's... Uh 
that was that was an incredible blessing. But look, let's come to our world uh, world watch segment uh, again. Uh, an article. This uh, this article's a, a week or so uh, old, but uh, it's it's something that uh, I did actually pull out at the time because to me it really raised some uh, some very significant questions. The uh, uh, the uh, question that it asked was uh, should Christian missionaries uh, go to dangerous places now uh, to me that's that's something that I'm I'm conscious that from time to time is discussed uh, amongst uh, Christian uh, people uh, within their churches and this is this is what the article said uh, in November 2018 uh, John uh, made headlines uh, John Shaw um, paid local fishermen to drop him off near North Sentinel Island the island is located in the Bay of Bengal and is protected by the Indian Navy. And no one's allowed within five nautical miles of the island to protect the island's inhabitants, who have no contact with the outside world. Outsiders have frequently been killed when they get too close to the island, and because of its protected status, the Indian government does not prosecute the island's residents for murder. Uh, John Shaw uh, carried a soccer ball, fishing line, some safety pins, when he, uh, which he hoped to give as gifts to curry flavour with the Sentinelese. Uh, on the initial approach to the island, uh, John Shaw yelled, My name is John. Uh, I love you and Jesus loves you. He retreated when he saw men on the island stringing their bows, but he returned. A young man shot an arrow, but hit John's Bible. Uh, he returned to the fishing boat and asked them to drop him off alone. Uh, the last time he was seen, the Sentinelese were dragging his body into the beach with a rope. Uh, John's actions ignited an age-old debate in Christian circles. Should Christians send missionaries to extremely dangerous places to preach the gospel? Now, of course, it's a brand new year. Uh, some people are sort of considering what are they going to do with their lives. Uh, the, there are air. There are areas of the world fraught with peril for followers of Jesus Christ. Some countries are hostile to Christianity. Some are experiencing civil war and famine, and others resist any contact with outsiders. So what? how do we respond to this, to this particular issue? Well, uh, first, uh, the article suggests we must recognize that every place in the world is dangerous. People die every day in the safest places of the world. The certainty of death for us all was a topic of conversation when John Payton. Now, John Payton is a different John. Uh, he goes back to the uh, into the 1800s. He announced his intention to leave Scotland and preach the gospel in the New Hebrides. Um, other missionaries have been killed in approaching those islands, which now make up the, the nation of Vanuatu. One objector told Peyton, you'll be eaten by cannibals. Peyton reminded his interlocker uh, of his own mortality, noting that his corpse was going to be eaten by worms anyway. Peyton knew he would die and preferred to perish preaching the gospel rather than living a life of ease. Also, Jesus warned that there would be a price for following him. He told the disciples that anyone who would come after him should deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him. Jesus obviously didn't use the cross as some type of metaphor since he would take up his cross and die on the place in place of his people. His disciples understood what he meant in the time and 
in that time and risked their lives to preach the gospel. The history of Christian church abounds with stories of Christians suffering for their faith so that others may hear about Jesus. Everywhere the gospel went for the first time, the people who took it there paid a price. In places, in difficult places even now, our brothers and sisters face imprisonment, torture and death for their faith. Why do you think we should be exempt, this article says. Uh, Just as you put on a seatbelt when you get into your car and put sharp objects out of children's reach, we do need to take necessary precautions and prayerfully weigh the risks. But should we avoid this type of practice? This, uh, this article goes on to then uh, suggest uh, some, um, some practices that it suggests can make it safer for the Christian missionary. And those, of course, are really, uh, really important things. But, David, look, this particular question, I, I'm just so conscious, uh, is actually, I, I believe, increasingly relevant today because I've actually read a number of articles that have questioned the value of Christian missions. They've actually said, you know, historically, should the church have sent missionaries to foreign cultures because it changes the culture. So we're going to come to this one in just a moment. So I've got really two questions uh, for you. Should the church historically have sent missionaries and should we today send them to dangerous places? So let's come to that first one uh, first if we possibly could. Historically, should the church have sent missionaries given that they did actually change culture? Didn't Jesus give this gospel commission to go into all the world, to start in Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth? So the yeah. simple answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I turn in my Bible um, to uh, Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10 um, uh, verses 16 to 26 has a heading in my Bible called Persecutions Are Coming. Jesus says in verse 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as as doves. Um, it's interesting in Jesus' own ministry, he, um, you know, there's this concept called the messianic secret in the book of Mark, where Jesus, when he does a miracle, tells people not to tell anyone about it. Mm. Why was he doing this? Because he didn't want to bring on um, the things that had to happen before the time was right. He wanted to be able to get out there and preach and evangelize. So we have to be as, um, uh, we have to be as, Wise as serpents and harmless of doves, as doves. Now that means that there will be times where we do go to trial, we are berated, we are put in prison, we are persecuted for our faith, as Jesus says. But he also says in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 10, he first says, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Verse 23 says, when they persecute you in the city, He doesn't say to stay there. He says, flee to another. Mm -hmm. Uh, For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So he is basically saying there is going to be times where, uh, firstly, I want you to go into all the world, every dark corner of the globe, but we shouldn't seek to bring on persecution for persecution's sake. If we are convicted by the Holy Spirit to go somewhere, then we need to go. Now, um, We know that uh, Christianity thrives in persecution. At the end of Acts chapter 7, after Stephen becomes the first Christian martyr, 
Chapter 8 begins by saying, At that time a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So, People, uh, Christians were forced to spread, to, to flee persecution, mm. uh, but they also experienced persecution. All of the disciples except John and, of course, Judas, who took his own life, uh, history tells us, died a martyr's death. Mm. Um, currently, my family and I are reading a story um, uh, based in Papua New Guinea uh, of early missionaries, and mm. and um, they went into some areas, and, and many of them lost their lives. Um, uh, there were cannibalism, all sorts of things. Mm. Uh, and I've been on the Amazon River in, in Brazil uh, on missionary boats. And, you know, listening to some of the guides, they say there are parts of the Amazon River that the government does not allow any white people into because the natives haven't yet seen white people before. Mm. So I'm not saying we should break those laws, but the gospel is to go into all corners of the globe. A- and I believe that that will invoke persecution at times because Satan doesn't want people to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. How, how would you respond to the question? Because I'm so conscious that I've had this thrown at me a couple of times that, uh, you know, really uh, the Christian missionary movement that was certainly, has certainly been, been around for, for centuries now is something that has actually been a, a detriment uh, to culture because whenever Christian missionaries go into a, a culture, inevitably they tend to change the culture in some way. Uh, do you see that as a negative? Yes and no. I'll say no and yes, actually. Um, firstly, we look at the ancient, um, uh, the Israelite culture. God called out a small race of people, the Israelites, to be his own light, that other nations that were sacrificing their children to idols, putting them in the fire, um, they would come to see that's not the way to live. So... Yes, Christianity should change culture. I don't believe when you go to Papua New Guinea, people need to wear ties because they're Christian. Okay. So I think there are some elements of our culture that as Christians we might bring into other cultures that may not necessarily be um, uh, complementary or maybe even beneficial. But should we go into other cultures and will it change them? Absolutely. For instance, uh, you know, this, this book I'm reading about these missionaries, you know, 80, 90, 100 years ago, um, they were facing cannibalism. There was health crises in these communities. And we know this. Christianity has brought health to people. Um, Christianity, Gary, surprisingly, in spite of what the media says, has painted, um, uh, has uplifted women and the place of women above uh, many other faiths Indeed. and religions and other cultures. So Christianity, the message of Jesus and the values of Scripture do change culture because Jesus came to change human culture. Yeah, yeah. And I think the aspects of culture, I mean, I know myself, I, 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 I am so proud of being an Australian. But you know, the one thing that I'm even more proud of is the fact that I'm actually a Christian, because I believe my Christianity actually makes me a better Australian. And uh, there are certain parts of my culture that, hey, I'm not proud of, but it's Christianity itself actually challenges uh, those various aspects and challenges me to improve on those, uh, on those aspects that uh, really are you know are not something that I can be proud of yeah and I, absolutely Gary and I think as people moving into other cultures we need to have an understanding of the culture yeah because we shouldn't go in to necessarily change everything yep 
Um, so we need to have an understanding. We need to be mindful and conscious. But the gospel does change hearts and lives, and it should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, David, really appreciate that. You know, one of the things that I'm so conscious of is that if we come to Acts chapter, uh, chapter four, I love uh, this particular passage. It's actually the, uh, the second record of the outpouring of the, of the Holy Spirit. You get uh, Peter preaching on the first occasion. On the second occasion, uh, Peter and John have been thrown into prison. And as a result of being thrown into prison, the church comes together in prayer. But I'm really interested what it is they actually pray for. They pray that, uh, that the, the Lord God will give them boldness uh, to be able to uh, share the, the word of the word of God, and uh, you know, as I as I read uh, this uh, this passage, you can actually find it at the uh, towards the end of uh, Acts chapter chapter four. This prayer for the disciples' boldness, and uh, when they pray for boldness, you actually get the second record of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes in a response uh, to uh, the disciples' prayer for boldness. Love what's actually occurring here, and uh, I. I the, the Christian missionary movement has made such a powerful impact uh, on uh, on the entire world. And to me, as I as I look at Acts chapter four, I sort of say, Hey, you know, is that something that today that prayer? How relevant is that prayer uh, to us uh, today? But folks, look, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, this is uh, Michael Card. Uh, love uh, this particular song, El Shaddai. Uh, please enjoy Michael Card singing El Shaddai. El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai Erechim Kana Adonai We will praise and live you high, El Shaddai. Through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham. And by the power of your hand, turn the sea into dry land. To the outcast on her knees You were the God who really sees And by your might You set your children free El Shaddai El Shaddai Time of Christ 
was near Though the people failed to see What Messiah ought to be Though your word contained the plan They just could not understand That your most awesome work was done Through the frailty of your son El Shaddai really is that's michael card uh fantastic little little song uh guys look a giveaway book uh for for this week this is our last book for uh for this year uh it's the same book actually as as last week uh it's the book advent uh, this is a, a list of about uh, 30 devotionals uh, that uh, deal with uh, the Christmas uh, season. Uh, they, they can be read each day before Christmas, but they can also be read as a, as a devotional. If you'd like a copy of devotional of this uh, particular devotional, the book's Advent, uh, you, uh, you can certainly request that. All you need to do is to text us uh, here at our studio text number. It's 04888. 80811. That number again is 04 888 11. And just put in your text our code, which is SA29, SA29. Uh, <laughs> you'll really appreciate. Uh, this, uh, this book. And look, folks, um, uh, once you send that uh, text to us, uh, our, our robot, we call him Faithful. He's a, he's a lovely little, little robot. And, uh, he'll contact you directly. Uh, he'll ask you for some information so that we can send this book to you in the uh, fastest uh, possible manner. Uh, that number again is 04888080811. And look, if you've got any, uh, questions or comments that you'd, you'd like to give, you can also use that, uh, that number because uh, it it will be manned although over the christmas season not quite as frequently as uh, as what it uh, regularly is so uh, uh, if our disp- response is a little bit delayed uh, please uh, please understand the uh, the christmas uh, season and now you are uh, listening to faith fm drive time big q and a with uh, pastor gary uh, today our co-host is pastor david butcher and david is the uh, 
is the lead pastor of the Seventh Day Adventist Church uh, here in uh, in South Oz. Uh, the countdown uh, to the new year is is certainly on, and this week we're actually chatting about that subject. Uh, we've called it uh, New Year's resolutions. Are they more than just an, an impossible dream? Now, we've already heard David tell us that for him, uh, New Year's resolutions are an impossible dream. Uh, so uh, we, we fully understand the fact that uh, David doesn't actually normally take New Year's resolutions. But on Monday, uh, Nick and Will uh, spoke on the issue of is change even possible uh, yesterday, myself and uh, and Eric uh, Hoare uh, looked at the physical resolutions that so many will make and how we can actually maintain those a little easier. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be talking about the subject, could I start the new year uh, with a new mind? Now, to me, this is just so important, given the uh, the times in which we're actually living. I was uh, I was just reading the uh, an article a week or so ago uh, on uh, that came out of the uh, the Australian, and uh, just a couple of highlights out it out of it. The uh, article was entitled "This Crisis Will Weigh Heavily." For years, and of course, it's talking about the uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, issues that we've all been dealing with now for uh, more than eighteen months. Can you believe it's almost eighteen months now? Well, it's more than eighteen months uh, since uh, we first started uh, down this particular road. Uh, but this is what the article said: the pursuit of happiness is amongst the most quintessential of aspirations. But fewer, it's talking about Americans, but fewer Americans are achieving it. Lack of money isn't the problem. Trillions in cash handouts to households in the US and supercharged unemployment benefits in the past two years more than made up for the loss of jobs and income caused by the pandemic and the response to it. The share of Americans who say they experienced an economic crisis in the past 12 months actually dropped to its lowest level during the past two years, according to uh, the American Enterprise Institute's latest survey of U.S. households published in October. The American common economy... It, uh, it notes, is limping back to its pre-pandemic income and employment levels. But the population, here comes the rider, but the population's mental and physical health has taken a significant turn for the worse. Problems that could take a lot longer to heal. Last week, the U.S. Surgeon General released a shocking report on the emerging mental health crisis among teenagers, revealing uh, revealing emergency department visits for suspected suicide attempts were 51% higher early this year for girls and 4% higher for boys compared with the corresponding period in 2019. Now, that is actually huge. Uh, recent research covering 60,000 uh, um, uh, youth found depressive and anxiety symptoms doubled during the pandemic, with 25% of youth experiencing depressive symptoms and 20% experienced experiencing anxiety symptoms, the report says. One explanation is found later in the report, which reveals that the time teenagers spent online for activities unrelated to school had during the pandemic doubled from 3.8 hours to 7.7 hours a day. More than four-fifths of... 
14 to 20-year-olds said they use social media daily or almost constantly. In what won't be a surprise to many parents, student test scores in English and maths collapsed by 6 and 14% percentage points relatively um, at schools across the US where learning shifted to online only. Um, and that was about 90% of schools. Online learning hasn't been a disaster for the bulk of kids. Uh, another online learning has been a disaster for the vast bulk of, of kids. Another cost uh, to our response to the pandemic that doesn't show up readily, uh, yet it will cast a long shadow. But it's only, it's not only younger Americans that are struggling. About one-third of adult Americans said they had become more depressed since COVID emerged, according to the survey, Accordingly, uh, including almost 40% for singles who had no children. More than 40% of Americans said they gained an average of 13 kilos in weight. You know, David, this just goes on and goes on with quite amazing statistics. Uh, more than 100,000 Americans uh, overdosed in the 12 months to April, which was 28% higher than a year earlier and once again a record. You know, David, as I'm sort of reading all of these, uh, all of these issues, the thing that really stands out to me is that the mental health of individuals has really depressed appreciated uh, very significantly over the period of the pandemic. Gary, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm stressed with this data you're, you're revealing. Well, I, I, when I read it, I was totally stressed. I'm, I'm sort of thinking, wow, is this something that is going to be one of the uh, major outcomes of the pandemic? We may have avoided people dying uh, in droves, but the mental health of individuals has certainly dropped away very significantly if these figures are actually to be believed. Look, Gary, I remember hearing uh, earlier in mid-2020, actually, you know, experts on on television and, and uh, on the net were basically saying that long after the physical ramifications of, you know, death and, and long COVID or, and all these other sorts of things pass, there'll be the psychological impact that will impact some generations for, for years and years to come. Yeah. And we think of our... our Brothers and sisters, our friends in Victoria and particularly Melbourne, the city that has experienced the, the longest and the most lockdowns. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's no wonder that people are experiencing these things. Only recently, the last couple of weeks, there was a report out, and I didn't read it all, just about school children suffering, uh, as a result and their grades suffering as a result of COVID and, and, you know, um, school online rather than face-to-face and yeah. closures and all that. So, yeah, the pandemic is having a huge impact and and with mental health and anxieties and depression. And so when we come to looking at the new year, which is only days away now, only mm. a few days mm. away, um, what are people looking forward with hope or are they not? Now, typically, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but typically I sort of seem to become conscious of all these sorts of ads and advertisements for uh, either weight loss or for gymnasiums to take out mm. memberships or mm. buy gym equipment, etc. Yeah. You know, people are challenged to start something new. But really what is the most important thing is how our mind operates and the health of our mind because that will impact our entire being, our entire person. Yeah, and, and often when, when people set a New Year's resolution, one of the things I'm really conscious of is that 
it's it's comparatively easy to say I'm going to be physically more healthy and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to take up an exercise program. That's conventionally what does actually happen. But I'm so conscious that life is actually and needs a holistic approach. And so often the um, a, a life that is a simply physical uh, is totally incomplete. I, I've also got mental elements that I might not, I might need to adjust as the new year comes around. I might have social objectives that might be worthy of including in my new year's resolution list. Look, absolutely, Gary. And as a, from a Christian perspective, we believe in, in holism. We believe that in the, the mental, uh, the emotional, the spiritual and the physical, they're all interconnected and one impacts the other. You know, I'm sitting here, um, opposite you, Gary, and, and that impacts me. <laughs> Positively, but I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my laptop. It's open and I've got this warning in front of me saying you need to save space by optimizing storage. Now, when it comes to New Year's resolutions and things like that, often there are things that we need to do to declutter our minds, our life, um, our, our well-being um, to start over again and, and, and refresh. And I think the Bible gives us some incredible principles, practical principles that if we followed, I'm not saying there would be no mental health because we live in a world of of um, of, of chaos. We live in a world of problems. Yeah. Um, so even the even uh, a faithful Christian can experience uh, mental health challenges. I'm not suggesting that's not the case, but we have the opportunity to decrease the likelihood and to minimise these scenarios with some of these incredible biblical principles. And, and it's these principles that I really want us to actually be able to dig into today because, you know, I, I'm just so conscious that, uh, you know, when a person uh, simply limits their resolutions to the physical stuff, I mean, for example, to be able to take a resolution and say, look, I'm going to have a holiday this year. You know, I've, I've got, you know, a backlog of leave there. You know, that I'm going to actually, you know, rest is part of the, the principles of healthy living. It is. And, and look, certainly rest is one I want to come to, Gary, because uh, it is an important one. You've raised on an important one. But maybe if we start, first yep, of all, yep, yep. with the power of a positive attitude. Mm. And I don't know about you, but um, generally I'm a fairly positive person. And I get down when I'm around people that are continually negative. Mm. And one of the things that our family does at worship time of the evening, and it's it's a ritual and a habit for us, is we give thanks to God for something that day, a specific thing individually. We go around as a family and we praise God and thank God for his goodness or something that occurred during the day. And it reminds me of um, the power of a positive attitude. Philippians 4.8 and here is the Apostle Paul, and mm-hmm. he's not in a good location, is he? He's not on a holiday. He's sitting on the floor of the prison. He's in prison. And this is what he says. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Mm. So... It's important and it's crucial for our mental health to have positive thinking. Uh, you know, there are, there are scientific studies and medical studies that have proven that uh, people who have faced surgery or recovering from trauma or recovering from surgery, uh, their immune systems respond so much better uh, often if they have positive attitudes and a positive mm. spirit. It's, it's a fact. Um, and... 
the ability to focus positively. And, and when you think of just, uh, let's recap yeah, what you've it. just said there, because I'm just so conscious that Paul is actually sitting when he's writing that he's stuck in prison. He's unjustly put in prison. These are not prisons like we've got today. Uh, these are prisons where this is probably a dungeon. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is not a pleasant place to be. He's probably cold. He probably is unwell. He's not well fed. And yet uh, Paul is able to find something positive to say even in that environment. Well, he says earlier on, he says, rejoice in the Lord at all times. All times. And again, I say you rejoice. Yeah. Now, there's a difference between joy, I believe, and happiness. Yes, yes, yes. Happiness, yes. Is, um, happiness is impacted by the circumstances we're experiencing. Um, joy is something that's innermost. Yes. So the opposite to a positive attitude uh, is... What Paul uncovers in Ephesians 5.12, he says, um, he says we should avoid the shameful things and not even speak of them. Yeah. And so often the media and, and the news fill our minds with negativity and, um, you know, shocking events. That has an impact. The things that we play on computers and we watch on television and on screens will actually impact our mental health. We need to protect our minds. We need to guard our minds yeah. with what we allow in and out. And so uh, Philippians 4, 7 to 9. And the peace of God, which the pastors all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So the peace of God guards our hearts and minds mm. through Christ Jesus. And then Paul says, as I've read before, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, worthy, meditate on these things. Good. So good. we need to have positive thinking and remove negative thinking. We also need to be conscious of uh, reigning in our feelings and our emotions. Uh, so God created us as emotional beings, mm. and we're all created differently, and we need to have emotions. But um, it's interesting that God's very nature is one of emotion. It says God is love. Mm. First John chapter 4. Uh, Galatians 5 gives us something called the fruits of the Spirit. And these are the things that should uh, be the focus of our emotions. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the Bible challenges us to be full of these things, and these should be our focus. A and we can do this when we ask God to give us his Holy Spirit. Ah, now this is so key because that, this is, if you like, a change agent. You know, we're going to come to some music in a moment, but you know, one of the things I'm so conscious of, David, is that, uh, it, it's very easy, something, you know, to take a New Year's resolution and to, you know, two weeks later it, it tends to, to peter out in so many cases. But you know, when, some things when I commit uh, to a stronger, a higher power, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit is able to make the changes that alone I'm actually unable to make. But look, we'll come to that in just a moment. Let's come to some music uh, right uh, right now. This is uh, Salah, uh, You Are My Hiding Place. Beautiful, uh, beautiful song. Salah, You Are My Hiding Place. You are 
Salah, the song You Are My Hiding Place. What a way to start a brand new year, to have our God as our as our hiding place. Folks, we do have a beautiful devotional book to give away to you. The devotional book's entitled Advent, uh, Hearing the Good News in the Story of Jesus' Birth. This is intended for the uh, for the Christmas season. It was our giveaway book last week. It certainly is uh, this week as, as well. And uh, if you haven't requested your uh, copy of Advent, 
content just yet. Uh, now's the time to do it. You can use it as a devotional uh, any time uh, through, throughout the uh, the year. Just all you need to do is to text us uh, here at our studio text number, which is 04888 That number again is 04888 808 11 uh, and all you need to do is to give us our text number which is uh, SA our code SA2929 and no gaps between that and uh, that'll be picked up by our robot we call him Faithful and uh, Faithful will uh, contact you back and uh, get a few details off you so we can send this to you in the fastest uh, possible possible way uh, this is a really beaut, uh, beaut book I, I'd encourage you if you haven't requested it yet now's the time to do it that number Again, 808 11 uh, You are listening to Faith FM, uh, Drive Time, Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David's the lead uh, pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Um, the countdown is certainly on to the new year. Uh, so this week we're actually uh, chatting on the subject, uh, New Year's resolutions. Are they more than the impossible dream? And today we're simply asking, could I start the new year with a new mind? And uh, we've sort of talked about the the way in which uh, life uh, and resolutions need to be holistic, not just dealing with the physical but also mental, spiritual and, and social. And David, really have appreciated what you've actually said so far, uh, particularly about uh, asking for the uh, impact of the Holy Spirit because there's a power source there that you don't find anywhere else. What else have you got for us there? Yeah, look, thank you, Gary. I believe another crucial one is the importance of taking time out. Now, people can try and work ceaseless hours, but it'll all come to naught and will come crashing down. Jesus himself, in Mark chapter 6, verse 31, uh, called his disciples to come apart, and it says, and he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So here was a hectic period of ministry, and Jesus wanted to draw his disciples aside to regroup, to refresh to rest, to give that brain that mental break, yeah. the body, uh, the emotions, it's all connected. In other words, life is more than just earning an income. You know, if all I'm doing is earning a very good salary, but I'm falling down on my relationships and my ability to be able to enjoy life, what's the point of the big salary? Absolutely. And look, we have this model, this concept of taking time out or rest in, in God himself. Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. Uh, everything is good. It's all perfect. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And so on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work so not only is rest important, not only is annual leave important, but God knew the human psyche uh, yeah. of, of work, work, work. And so he, he put this circuit breaker in called the Sabbath, which means to cease, to rest, to stop, if you like. Yeah. Um, not only so we could remember and reflect on him, that he's in control, that he's the one that's running everything, but also for our own um physical, mental, emotional well-being and, and spiritual. About, and if you think about it, you know, I mean, what God does there is truly beautiful because while it's the seventh day of the created week, it's actually the first day 
that Adam and Eve are actually alive. And uh, God says to them on the first day that they're alive, I don't want you to go and work. What I want you to do is I want you to come and have spend time in relationship. And to me, I think that's incredibly beautiful because what God is doing is, I think, putting a priority list here. You know, more than tending the garden, more than uh, earning an income, uh, I want you to enjoy each other's company. I want you to enjoy my company. And look, I think that's a really critical one, Gary. Often we spend so much time and energy and effort protecting our assets or, or, or growing assets rather than building relationships. And I think one of the crucial things that we should focus on in starting a new year is a social support system. And you've highlighted that. Um, Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, for if they fail if, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he is no one to help him up. In Genesis 2.18, uh, um, Jesus said, it is not good that man should be alone. Now, there are some people that um, uh, are very happy uh, we're not talking about marriage or not marriage, but there's some people that are happy being single in, in, you know, in a relationship, being not in a marriage. But everybody needs a support structure and a support network. Mm. Um, that's what we were created for. That's why God made the Sabbath. So as you've said, so that he could commune and have fellowship yeah. with our first human parents. And that's what he wants from us. When we help others, when we have a community network, we can help others. We lose selfishness. And you know, sometimes people say, look, you know, look, I'm so, I'm really lonely here. And, you know, I mean, I simply don't have that support network. You know, David, one of the things that I'm really conscious, of, I'm aware that this has really helped so many people to go and connect themselves, for example, to a church. Uh, you know, I mean, I know some people do it with a club, but, you know, I know that, you know, so many people, uh, find that, uh, yes, there is spiritual fulfillment for example, in a church, but there is also physical and relational um, ability, um, um, a blessing in joining a church as well. Now, maybe a new year might be a fantastic time to say, hey, look, you know, I want to make the acquaintance of my local church. Look, Gary, I recall I was in secular employment as a warehouse distribution manager many years ago, and uh I took some of my work colleagues to Adelaide and, and, uh, I was dating my, well, she wasn't my wife at the time. And, and, uh, when two of my colleagues were with me, they said, look, we want to go to your church as well to meet people like this. So there is something special about a <laughs> church community. So, so I think being in a community provides support network. Yeah. Being yeah. in a community though makes us also accountable and also challenges us to serve others. Yeah. And often people get depressed because they're inward focused and everything is about them rather than an outward focus. And yeah. Jesus said actually at the foot washing, the last supper, he said after washing the disciples' feet, he said, now that you know these things, you know the, the teachings that he was saying, he says, happy are you if you do them. Okay. Yeah, you know, washing okay. each other's feet. Yeah. Yeah. So when we have a support network and when we can serve others and serve the community, that's a very critical thing. Okay. Really agree totally with what you're saying. Look, we are running out of time here. If there was just one thing that you would say to, to our listeners that, hey, this is the one thing that you, that is worth considering at the beginning of the new year, what would it be? I'm going to say two, Gary. The first one's going to be real short, okay? Yeah, yeah. I like to be disagreeable. First one is a healing power of humour. 
And this is going to be short. I really love having a good laugh, you know, and um, it's good for the heart, good for the body Amen. and the mind. And Proverbs fifteen thirteen: a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But the key thing, Gary, if I was to say anything, imagine the garbage and the baggage that our hearts, our minds pick up throughout the year. Pains, uh, relationship challenges, personality conflicts. What we really need to try and do um, certainly is to get rid of that baggage. And and the New Testament says, you know, don't let the sun go down. You're talking forgiveness. Here. Forgiveness, I'm talking. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. We should we should end each day with um, being able to clean our minds out by putting all those things that were struggles behind us. We need to right wrongs. Um, and certainly when we come to a new year, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could make sure we come to that new year knowing that we've worked through things that need to be worked through rather than carrying them? Yeah, yeah. Because God, uh, the forgiveness process, I believe, is is God forgives us, but often we have grudges and, and hold things against others, and God's saying, hey, give it to me. Give in, it to me. In other words, as we start a new year, yes, let's take physical resolutions because they are good and will help us physically. But also let's not forget our mental health, our spiritual health, our social health, and the thing which it's. I agree to, with you totally. You know, David, I, I'm so conscious of the number of people that you know have their Christmas dinner ruined because of conflict of some description and sometimes the conflict has gone on for years and it affects their physical well-being and emotional as you've said you know psalm 103 gary says uh, god has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities for as the heavens are high above the earth so great is his mercy towards those who love him as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us god is only so he is so willing to forgive whatever we bring to him yeah. whatever we offer up to him he promises he will forgive if we confess what a way to actually start the brand new year. But often we're not prepared to do that. Indeed, indeed. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come to you now. Lord, I want to say thank you for giving us life and health and strength. Lord, I pray that as we set a resolution, or maybe two resolutions for this brand new year, I pray that indeed it'll be holistic. Lord, I pray that one of them might be uh, to draw closer to you and to forgive those who have hurt us. Uh, Lord, we give our lives again to you at the uh, very end of 2021. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining uh, Pastor Gary, Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan will look at the question, is a new start really possible? Uh, really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.